is McLean Maddox, and you're listening to Pack Center. The host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host Austin. We have some good and some bad news when it comes to Nevada football. Nevada basketball did travel to Los Angeles and beat the USC Trojans by 14 points. And then they have a very tough matchup against the 20th, uh, 20th ranked Arizona State Sun Devils. But before we talk about basketball, let's talk about football. Now, Austin, do you want to start with the good or the bad? Start off with the bad news and on the good note. So, uh, Nevada did announce that two players are transferring from its program. Uh, McLean Mannix, who was the former voice of Pax Center. This will be the last episode you hear his voice before our episode. He posted on Twitter a note on Twitter saying, Dear Wolfpack uh, family and the ones who support me, due to personal family matters, I will not be continuing my education and football career at the University of Nevada. This has not been an easy decision for me. I have made a lifelong friends and learned from many lessons, both of which I will always be grateful. I would like to thank Coach Mummy, Coach Chang, Coach Norvell, and the rest of the staff for recruiting me, coaching me, and believing me. To the Nevada fans, thank you for the two years of support to my teammates, thank you for your friendship and brotherhood. It will be the it will be it will be hardest to leave you guys. Go kill it in the Arizona Bowl, Jungle Boys for life. So McLean obviously had a very big impact on this team the last two seasons. He's not the only one transferring. The other one being Nephi Sewell, brother of Gabe Sewell, who is who per, per reports are coming back to this team. So not both Sewell brothers aren't transferring. It will be interesting to see. Both where these guys go, but what are your initial thoughts on these two players leaving Austin? Well, it's a huge blow to our football team, first of all. Second of all, it's it's unfortunate um, for us. It's unfortunate for them, both, um, both, I think, saying that they have family issues. That's why they're going home or transferring closer to home to another school. Um, so you never want to see that. It's always sad, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big blow for our football team, for sure. I mean, those are two stud guys with our with our defensive backs already um, on the low end. Sewell leaving doesn't certainly doesn't help, um, and we all know what McLean Mannix could do. So for our football team, definitely, definitely some bad news, um, especially for them, bad news. You never want to see it, but, um, it's, I mean, it's not a – obviously it's not a devastating blow. It's a huge blow, but um, – We'll be able to get back. We'll be able to bounce back. It's just an unfortunate situation for everyone, I think. Yeah, and it, it is tough, um, especially with, with the new transfer rules that are in, are intact. Um, Chris Murray had an article talking to Coach Novell, and he's like, he thinks that there's like something like where it's like a group of six or is just feeding Power Five schools. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see where McLean Mannix goes if he does go to somewhere closer to back home, which is Midland, Texas. So um, Nephi Sewell, Reno is fairly close to Orem, Utah. So I don't know where where else he could go other than University of Utah, BYU, or Utah State that's closer. But I do think it will be interesting because Nevada's offense will be fine next year. You have you still return the majority of your receivers last year. You still have Caleb, Cole Turner, uh, Romeo Dubs, Elijah Cook. So you're still returning uh, – Five out of your top six, five out of your top receivers, six receivers. But it'll be interesting to see how how the defense shapes up because he was one of the staples at at the linebacking position. Right, and that's or actually no, he was a safety. Yeah, my bad. and if it was one of our one of our positions to lose a guy, it would be wide receiver. I think 
we're um we're incredibly deep going into the next season with skill positions, especially around our quarterback. But the place we didn't want to lose anyone was our defense, and unfortunately, we lost a defensive back. Um, we are we're losing um, Baber this year. He's a senior. He's leaving, so it's just going to be you know kind of on the low end of uh, our defensive backs, and that's definitely a position we did not want to see leave. Um, but it, I think it just is. It makes it um, our tra- our transfers and again our recruiting available. So let's to see if we can we can build something out of nothing here and um, really go into next year strong. But it's definitely definitely a huge blow. Yeah. So um, we all know that coach uh, coach Norvell is not a fan of this new transfer rule. He said uh, in this week's press conference, this rule gives a kid who had a bad game or had a bad week the opportunity to try something new without working through things. So I don't I and with the with this being said I don't know if I don't wouldn't say this is personally about McLean Mannix because he obviously didn't he had two very good seasons he he was a freshman All American last year and then he he only picked up the production this year so I don't know I th- I think Norvell there's still a lot of things that are going to be cl- clarified within the next couple of weeks on these players' decisions and especially with the new transfer rule. Because both these guys as sophomores uh, do have a, an ability. They'll have to redshirt the year, and then they still have two more years of eligibility. Right, and I think I think his frustration is um, definitely understandable. I mean, think about what you put in time to recruit these guys. You put in time to kind of you know make them fit into your program, try to make them the best football player you can. And then um, in his mind, you know, one – like, I, I agree, I don't think he's talking about McLean Mannix, but, I mean, it's just one season or maybe a half season goes not the way the player wanted, and the player can just up and leave. So I could see how, to the fans, um, it could be certainly, like, less devastating than it is to coaches who put in the time and effort to recruit these guys and to uh, put in the work and effort to, you know, mold them to your program, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think his frustration is definitely understandable, especially because... You know, being a kind of a lower tier football program, uh, you get guys that come in here for recruit. You build them up. You 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 work with them. Make sure that they are prepared for the D one level. And then after two years or after one year, they can up and leave, go to Power Five school. And um, so I don't know. I don't. I I, I definitely understand the um, the frustration, but um, it is interesting to see him so publicly come out and say. Um, Come say all this for sure. I do feel like it could also help Nevada because this new transfer rule it allows if you don't have a good week, like um, if you're not playing at like a big power five school, you might come to Nevada and that's some playing time. We saw that with David Cornwell. Granted, he didn't get any playing time at Nevada, but he was a four star recruit out of out of uh, the state of Oklahoma. Went to Alabama, did not play as like did not start a single game. Transferred to Nevada and. So that's in that way. I think that it can help the it can help Nevada in smaller schools like that because if you don't if you struggle at like if you're struggling at like a Pac-12 school, then you could then you can come to the Mountain West and maybe maybe exceed. We've seen Nevada. We've seen the Mountain West produce some pretty good draft picks. Uh, Layden Andervesh is killing it with the uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, and then you you have a bunch of other players. Rashad Penny. He, Former Aztec is now with the Seahawks, but I do I do think that 
Norvell does we'll we'll get it we'll after the bowl game he'll go find players to replace these players. It'll be the next man up situation. And I do think I do think uh it'll be interesting to see how the defense will be next year, especially seeing how many key pieces they're losing because they statistically the defense was better than the offense this year. Yeah, they're losing a lot of talent. A lot of people on that side of the ball um are leaving unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a next man up situation. I mean, that's how football is. Uh, one man goes down, you just got to step up. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't think Nevada is one of the schools to really, um, complain about transfers, especially looking at our basketball team. I mean, I don't think we're the school to kind of say, you know, the transfer, the transfer rules in the NCAA are bad, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's something that every school has to go through, and it's our time to go through right now. It's unfortunate you don't want to see it, but like you said, it's just going to be the next man up. Um, Jane Orvell is going to be able to recruit. I'm not worried about it. We're going to be able to get um, some solid freshmen, maybe some solid transfers too. Who knows? Um, but I, I think we'll be fine being next man up. It's just unfortunate you don't want to see it. Now, one thing, uh, one, one thing to add before we uh, get to the good news uh, is that we will not personally – go after fans parents we've, we've seen this on twitter the past couple of days um you saw some guy on twitter uh with the whole nephi sewell thing like do maps from orem utah to reno and orem utah to or eugene oregon we won't do that uh we res- we respect the players decisions and um now moving forward uh nevada football is we know what bowl game we're going to we know when it is we are heading to the nova home uh arizona arizona bowl where it's the Battle of the Wolves, Nevada will take on Arkansas State. That game is December 29th at 10.15 in the morning, and you can catch that game on CBS Sports Network. This is a late, much later game, bowl game, than I thought Nevada would have gotten, but it's on the same day as uh, both the college football playoff semifinals. And at, right now on December 4th, this game is practically a pick between the two teams. They're both really good on offense. They both have okay defenses. So it'll be a very interesting game. I think these are it's two similar style of plays for the Arkansas, Arkansas State Red Wolves and the Nevada Wolfpack. The over-under has come out at 60, which I think is kind of low, seeing that Nevada, the over is hit in, uh, that over of 60 is hit in four out of Nevada's last five games. So I do think it'll be interesting to see how Nevada matches up with Arkansas State. Yeah, if I mean you hit it right on the nail, uh, you hit it right on the head, which basically saying they're like so similar. If I mean you look at their their offense, the way they work, um, they don't really run the ball as much. Uh, neither do we. They're more, they're more of a passing offense. So are we? Um, their defense is like right along with ours, allowing twenty six points per game. Our defense only allows twenty eight points per game. So it's really interesting to see how. Um, how similar we are to them, but I think we match up well. I think I mean, we've been saying it on the show since the UNLV loss. I think our team's going to come up fired, fired up. Um, I just don't know how the transfers because they're not playing in the bowl game, correct? Uh, no, Nephi, Nephi, and McLean won't be playing. Exactly. Um, that might affect our offense and our defense, obviously a little bit. Um, McLean Mannix is like an everyday player for our offense, so it's going to be. Kind of interesting to see how that works out, but I think I think we'll handle these guys. Um, they're pretty good. They have losses to Alabama, Appala- Appalachian State, which are two good teams. Obviously, um, they don't really play 
anyone else, but I think they're so evenly matched up with us. Um, we're going to be fired up, and uh, I'm excited to see this game. It's going to be a great game. I think we're going to come out and get the W. They beat Nevada Southern, which which is – They did. They did beat Nevada Southern, which is always good. Uh, yeah, but no, Arkansas State, a player, player you, you have to watch is uh, their quarterback, Justice Hansen. He threw for – uh, 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, six picks. So better numbers than Ganji. Right. They're, they're so they do put up a lot of points, but their defense isn't the greatest. Uh, they put up 30. Uh, they put up 31 points a game. They allow 26. So I do think this 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 is about as even of a, as a matchup as you can get. So good job on the bowl committee for putting this game together. Their offense is a bit better. They they get about 20 more yards of offense, but their defense is relatively the same. So I do think it will be very interesting to see uh, how the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl plays out. According to ESPN, we are at a 52 to 48 percent uh, matchup predictor. So good to see. You can get tickets for as cheap as 31 dollars in Tucson, Arizona. So. This will be the second time Nevada plays in this in this bowl game. We played Colorado State in 2015. Uh, that was the second to last year in the Polian era. We did beat Colorado State, so it was good. It's good to see. Uh, I'm sure it's not the bowl game Nevada wanted. I'm sure they there were some other bowl games that could have happened, but it's good to see. It's good to see that Nevada did get a bowl game. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think we can be picky at all with our bowl game selection. Uh, I think it worked out perfectly. Ar- Arkansas State is, like we've been saying, is like almost perfectly matched up with us, um, especially with that loss to Nevada Southern. We can't be picky with our bowl games right now. Um, we'll take what we can get. And it, it is interesting to see the uh, Arizona Bowl pop up again. I remember, I think it was our freshman year, seeing that uh, our football team went to the Arizona Bowl. But um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm just glad we're going to be able to have an opportunity to get a bowl win under our belt after the Nevada Southern loss. I think um, especially after the loss and the transfers now, I think the Wolfpack fans and um, our football fans need something positive to hang our hats on before going into next year. And I think this game is a perfect opportunity to do something like that. Yeah, and I think you put it perfectly. Uh, Nevada Nevada fans have had – uh, it's been downhills from the Nevada Southern loss and then the transfers. So I do think Nevada fans do need something positive. I uh, just think like we we had McLean manage a two good years. You saw what what good what what he did for the team. You might be able to see him uh, in in the NFL someday. But uh, we we can't look back. We we got to look forward now. You got to look at who we have. Our team our team will be fine next year. Our offense will be. Yeah, um, and especially with – we touched on it just a little bit with the social media and the fans and all the backlash that has come out. Within, I I mean, two days almost, you know, 24 hours, um, these these student athletes have given us the opportunity to watch them play and for the past two years have done great things for this program. So I I think you said it perfectly when we should just keep supporting them and instead of uh, bashing them on Twitter and social media, just try to give them the best of luck in their future endeavors. And our team's going to be fine next year. Our team's going to be good. We we have a great coach coming back. Um, our recruiting's going to be stellar. I think fans have more to be hopeful for than to be dis- disappointed in, and I think um, that's a really high point in our team. So uh, I think they can't focus on the negatives and just focus on how good we will be next year. 
Yeah, you you put it perfectly. Um, but make sure to tune in on December twenty ninth, ten fifteen in the morning. So get up bright and early. Uh, it is ho- it will be holiday season, and uh, we are gonna take a quick break and then jump into some basketball talk. Thank you guys for listening to us on whichever platform, whether it's iTunes or SoundCloud, Wolfpack Radio as well. But before we jump into basketball, I just have to get this off my chest. There are two of my biggest pet peeves. There are t- my two biggest pet peeves when it comes to Nevada athletics is one when they they don't spell Wolfpack correctly. There, Wolfpack is two words. It's Wolf Space Pack. We saw USC literally uh, confuse us with NC State. And when the announce and when uh, announcers don't know how to say Nevada, yeah, that's the most frustrating part. Yeah, I agree. And I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get Gus Johnson on the call for Saturday's game against USC. That right. game was on Fox. Nevada did come away uh, with a fourteen point with a twelve point victory. My bad. Uh, and Nevada did struggle in the first half, but we were able to pick it up in the second half. Nevada at halftime. USC led 35-34, and Nevada did win 73-61. to So Nevada did had a 13-point outing in the second half. So it was good to see. Jordan Caroline led the way with 24 points, 11, 11 rebounds. He got his fifth double-double. Uh, no, what was it? He, he got like his sixth double-double in eight games. Yep. Cut the Martin Twins uh, started slow but then had a nice nice second half. But I really do think the turning point in this game was the last couple of minutes of the first half. Nevada was able to make it a one-point game at halftime, and then coming out of halftime, they just they just were showed them why they're the fifth-ranked team in the nation. Yeah, I I agree. It's been kind of consistent to the point where we haven't been uh, a good first-half team. It seems like we come out of the ha- uh, come out of the break really hot, really fired up, but our first half is kind of lacking. Um, but that being said, I think our defense really actually did step up in the first half. Um, you know, we talked about we talked about Boatwright um, being, you know, their star, their their scorer, and um, we held the, we held him to seven points the entire game. But our first half, even though it was in the thirties and our offense was wasn't clicking, we were able to hone down our defense, stop their scoring, and make it a one point game going into half where we were able to come out and play hot and play our our game yeah but one thing we've seen is over the past two games Nevada's one of Nevada's strengths before this was getting to the free throw line we saw them struggle against Loyola Chicago and then they only got to the line 13 times making nine of them so it, I do think that as competition gets better the defense will get better and so we won't necessarily get to the free throw line as much but it's interesting to see that Nevada had four players run 37 minutes or more uh, you had the Martin Twins combined for 39 and 37, Jordan Caroline 38, and Treshawn Thurman 37. Now, I think I think Treshawn had a really good game. He had 14 and 9 on 6 of 10 shooting, so pretty efficient, 2 of 4 from 3. Uh, so I, I do think he, he had a bit, very big impact on the game. Obviously, the Twins, they combined for 20 points, 11, re, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. So not the greatest game, but what – 
you, you, they can't have great games every single game. And it seems like Jordan Caroline has been stepping up this whole year. Oh yeah, I I agree. You can't have you can't have a stellar game every single uh, every single game of the season. It just won't happen. Um, but I think this is a great sign to say that we when, even when we don't have our stellar games, we're able to beat a USC team who has predicted the top tier, who has been predicted this season to be top tier of the Pac-12. Um, but touching on our rotation, yeah, I think Treshawn Thurman has proved to I think every single person, fan or not, um, he needs to be on the court almost the entire game. He's a stud. Um, the first couple games we were watching him, he took a little bit to get into his rhythm for Nevada, but now he, I mean, he's killing it every game. Um, I mean, he had 14 points. He was one rebound away from a double-double. This kid, he, he's playing excellent for us right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've seen this game. We saw a typical Mus um, play a low amount of players, a lot of minutes to um i mean it was de- it was like the both the martins caroline and thurman and then trey porter would come off for jazz johnson and go small ball basically I, yeah and i do think you you look at the matchups uh with rakovich he wasn't the most athletic guy so having that five who could be athletic like trey and then when you take trey porter out of the game you run trey sean at the five i think it's a it was a definitely a defensive mismatch now, personally, watching the game, I do not like this guy. He just looks funny. Uh, he he killed Nevada, though. He had, like, eight, point, eight rebounds in the first half. He finished with 20 points, 12 rebounds, and he just he just always seemed to be a he – was, he was a thorn in Nevada's side the entire time. Nick uh, ben, uh, Benny Boatwright struggled, as you mentioned. We, we really didn't see Kevin Porter Jr. at all until the second half, and even then he only put up four points. But it's still good to see that Nevada limited USC's bench to eight points, while Nevada's bench scored nine. But we only had uh, Jazz Johnson was the only person on Nevada's bench to get significant minutes. Yeah, I mean, we really only had like a six-man rotation that game. Um, Jazz Johnson coming off the bench for Trey Porter. Um, but I mean, yeah, uh, Rako Savage did. I mean, he he tore us apart. Okay, he put up a double-double, twelve rebounds, twenty points. Um, but I think the the focus going into the game was Boatwright. I mean, he could have really hurt us. Um, I mean, we won by 12, um, but Boatwright only scored seven points. Imagine if he went off like he usually did. So I think it was definitely great job to Mus and our defense for putting that scheme together, um, really shutting Boatwright down, forcing another person to step up. Uh, Rako Sevich did, but fortunately for us, it wasn't enough to uh, get them that W. Our defense was able to play uh, lights or uh, shut down defense, and um, I'm excited. We got that W, and we're looking real good heading to ASU. Yeah, no, but uh, looking at it, this wasn't this was the sloppiest of games we've seen of Nevada this year. They had 11 turnovers, eight in the first half, so that's good. Only limiting three, and I know that's something Moss uh, definitely harps on, limiting the turnovers, and that's what makes Nevada a, a really efficient offense. The fact that they don't turn the ball over, but they did seem to struggle. Uh, in this game against SC, like they they did turn the ball over, and so I think if you limit the turnovers, you'll be fine. Nevada had eleven turnovers, USC had nine, so I think if and that's something we normally see Nevada win the turnover battle. So it was it was a little bit frustrating to watch. Uh, Jordan Caroline had four, uh, was it Caleb had four as well. So it that's just the one knock on this game. Like Nevada, you mentioned Nevada's a second half team, and that's something we've always seen in Moss's uh, tenure. And that's something I think that uh, 
we got to give credit to Moss and his conditioning, having him, having the players do the Tahoe runs every single summer. But moving forward, uh, the sixth-ranked Nevada Wolfpack goes to L.A. again to face 20th-ranked uh, Arizona State Court, Arizona State Sun Devils. And then on Sunday, they do face uh, Grand Canyon in Phoenix. So we'll talk about both those games. Looking ahead at Arizona State, I'm – I wouldn't say I'm a little bit worried, but they are a very good team. They are 7-0, 20th in the nation, top the Pac-12. They are led by leading scorer Lugens uh, Dort, who averages 20, 21 points a game, 6 rebounds a game. And he's and he's a freshman guard. So I do I do think that uh, Nevada's, Nevada's big lineup can stop this guy because when you have a 6-7 point guard and shooting guard uh, – Especially with one, when one of them is the reigning Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, I think he'll make I think he'll make his life pretty difficult, especially as a freshman playing in Staples Center. So that might be jitters, especially going against a fifth-ranked Nevada Wolfpack team. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one, man. Um, this is the game pretty much every Wolfpack fan this season has been waiting for. Um, and, and honestly, I thought that was gonna be. I thought that was going to be uh, the game against uh, USC. I thought that was going to be the most right. anticipated game, but no. Apparently, uh, apparently Arizona State was. Who would have thought Arizona State was going to be better than USC uh, right. this year? Yeah, I know. I I, I completely agree. Um, that USC game is a great game to play right before ASU, who's now twentieth in the nation. Um, we've seen them. I mean, they're still undefeated. They've played some. They played some all right teams. Um, but I'm just I'm excited to to see this game, man. Um, a lot of people are putting us in the, you know, don't worry about category because of who we play, our strength of schedule. Um, this is one game that we're gonna be able to come out and say, you know, against a top 25 team, an undefeated team. How we how are we gonna play? How are we gonna how are we gonna do against a really top tier program? And um, you know, this is a team that beat Mississippi State, beat Utah State, both really good teams. Um, but I think. I think our guard play, uh, Cody and Caleb, I think we're going to be able to shut down um, their guards. I think we're going to have a great game. I think uh, Treshawn Thurman's going to have a big game. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a dogfight for sure, and I think uh, we're going to be able to come out, get the W against um, an undefeated ASU team and continue to rise up in the ranks. Yeah, this is just the start for ASU of a very tough four-game schedule. They face Nevada in L.A., then they go to Georgia, to Vanderbilt, and then they host Kansas. So I do think it'll be a, that's a very tough four games, yeah. especially two of them on the road in SEC country. But I do think Nevada. I do think Nevada has some. Both teams have momentum coming into this game. Nevada did pick up its first meaningful win of the year right. over USC. But I, I don't think you can count out uh, Arizona State. Now, ESPN has this game 70.4% uh, for Nevada. you got to look out for uh, Dort, uh, as I mentioned, the freshman. He also has 2.1 steals per per game. So I do think that um, you'll see pretty much Cody Martin on him the entire game. you got to look out for their big man, uh, who averages 9.6 rebounds. Zylan uh, Cheatham, who averages not yeah. He averages 9.6 boards a game. He averages 2.6 rebounds. And he's also uh, Cheatham is also their uh, leading assist man, averaging 5.1 assists per game. 
So I do think this could be an offensive game, but then I also think Nevada can just clamp up. Uh, you saw Nevada compete in this tournament last year. They did lose to TCU by two. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Nevada manages their six man, six or seven man rotation against an Arizona State Pac-12 team. Yeah, I think I think this game is going to test our defense more than any game this season. Um, we look at their team and they're very spread out with the ball. Their scoring doesn't come from a concentrated one or two players. It comes from their entire starting five. Um, their bench is a little weak, but I think it's going to take every single one of our players that are on the court to lock up their guy and um, play great defense. I mean, last game against Texas Southern, their starting five went for 14, 19, 13, 14, and 18 points. So they're very, very well-rounded. They're very spread out on offense, and um, it's going to be a great test. It's it's going to be it's going to shut some haters up, I think. And um, I think we're going to be able to go into L.A. and get the W. This is a very good team. This is a uh, team that averages 86.1 points per game. They allow 70. So the margins are a little bit better for Nevada. Uh, They do grab 46 boards a game, which is better than Nevada's 40 per game. They do steal the ball quite a bit. They get 6.4 steals per game. So if Nevada can control the ball, keep keep it a clean game, unlike what we saw at USC, maybe keep it like what happened in Loyola Chicago. I think Nevada will has an easy chance of getting a dub, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the bigs play and how uh, how especially Jordan Carolina see if he can put up an, yet another double double. But hopefully Caleb and Cody can find their strides again, like what happened in the Loyola Chicago game that they struggled against SC. But looking at the second game of the weekend, Nevada does go to Phoenix. To compete in the Jerry Colangelo, the Air Force Reserve Jerry Colangelo Classic, where Nevada is taking on the five and three Grand Canyon Antelopes uh, on the season. Uh, Grand Canyon has losses to Sandy, uh, South Dakota State, uh, Arkansas, uh, Seton Hall, and Utah. They beat Boise State though, and uh, they've beaten Arkansas State. They beat uh, LaSalle. So I, I don't really know how to think about this they they do nevada is the nevada is projected to beat them they have an 82 percent chance to beat them their leading score only averages 13 points a game their leading assist man only averages three and their leading uh, rebounder only grabs five boards a game look this isn't a bad team but definitely a significant um significantly different than an asu team um I think we'll, it will be an easier game overall, but I think it's still a team that we can't sleep on. It's it's a team we can't just come out and think we're going to roll over. Um, they only beat Boise by two points. You know what I mean? They only lost to South Dakota State by five. So they're, they're hanging with all the teams they play. Um, they're blowing out the teams that they should be blowing out, and they're a good team. We can't just, we can't just show up and think we're going to steamroll them, but... Um, I'm excited. I think we're going to get the the W, and um, it's good they were playing ASU before and not after because I think we could fall asleep to uh, Grand Canyon. But after the ASU after the ASU game, I think we're going to be pumped up. We're going to be ready to go, and uh, we're going to get the W. Yeah, no, and I do think it'll be interesting because this is just the third game in the month of December, and then they have a couple more after that, and then just think after come the new year, that's when Mountain West basketball starts. So I do think it'll be very interesting to see how Nevada ha- handles these two games. I do think Nevada um, 
has a very good shot of going undefeated in conference in in a non-conference play and they should only average about two to three losses maybe in conference but i do i do think it's interesting to see uh how nevada handles especially arizona state see how they handle their first real test of the season uh they people are saying that Air, usc was a little bit undersized they were injured uh they were undermanned so but we still got the dub in LA. We come back. We, let's see if we can go two and two and zero in, the, in uh, the city of Los Angeles. But Jordan Caroline was named Mountain West Player of the Week. He had a very very good week. Um, this is the second time in four weeks being named the Mountain West Player of the Week. Um, but also looking at it, it's also uh, Nevada did drop in the ranking to sixth. Are you a little bit surprised? I'm not. Um... And I think that we should have. I mean, are we. I don't think we did anything to drop, but I think Michigan did all they could to jump us. Um, I mean, Michigan's just been on fire, still undefeated, killing every team that they've faced. Um, so it's not as we did anything wrong to go down to six. It's just Michigan's playing really, really, really good to be in that top five category. Um, but, yeah, I don't think going down to six really worries me or makes me upset about anything. Um I'm just I'm just excited to keep climbing. I think I I certainly think that we're going to be undefeated heading into conference play. Um because I mean all we we have to beat ASU, which is a tall task, but after that we need to beat Grand Canyon, South Dakota State, Akron and Utah. And then we can go into our conference undefeated, which would be huge. And I I think that puts us in two to three losses on the total season, which I mean would be absolutely incredible for this team so um i'm really excited for the next couple games it's really going to show what our team is made of and what our team can do against top tier teams looking at this past week jordan caroline in the two games averaged 19.5 points 8.5 rebounds and one and a half assists in 36 minutes of play so that's good enough to get a mountain west player of the week but i do think nevada needs to get through these last two games and then they'll return to home where they have three straight home games and then then they have one a road game, and then conference play starts. So I do think it's important for uh, Nevada to return home. These fans haven't seen these guys in quite some time, with their last game being before Thanksgiving. So I know fans are anxious to uh, to return back to Laura to see to see this team. Yeah, I I I completely agree. I think every every fan's just itching to see our team again. Um, I think every fan's itching to see you know, a top 10 team in our and Lawler. And it, it's just great to see. I'm super excited. Yeah, I, I think I think we're going to have a great, great uh, conference play. And uh, this these couple games against ASU and GCU, South Dakota State's really going to get us prepared for conference play. Now, I think looking at the Mountain West standings, I think the teams are now starting to shape up. You, you're starting to see some separation from top and bottom. Nevada, obviously, first at 8-0. Then you have Utah State at seven and one, who their one loss on the season was to ASU. They've beaten some decent teams. They beat UC Irvine, who's a tough team. They beat St. Mary's. They got a very tough game against BYU, so that that might be a game to look out for. But also, like you're starting to like New Mexico, four and one on the year. I don't know how they've only played five games. Uh, Fresno State's five and two. They're a team that's uh, normally at the top of the conference. San Diego State's five and two. Uh, they did one of their losses was to Duke, so I can't really blame that. And their other loss was to a very tough Iowa State team. 
But then again, you look at the rest of the conference. I thought Boise State might have been better. They're two and five on the year. Wyoming, they were a tough team. They're two and six. So it'll be interesting to see how how teams shape up, especially heading into conference play. Yeah, um, I agree. It's our conference is looking really weak right now, which isn't good. Um, in the Missouri conference, I think the Loyola Missouri Valley. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There was a lot of uh, Mountain West teams that were losing in those games. Mm, yeah, the uh, yeah. M- MWC MVC, right? Whatever t- challenge, which definitely is not a good sign for us. Um, we want we want our Mountain West teams to be doing good right now, so our strength of schedule goes up. But um, yeah, as we're looking at at it, I completely agree. We're not looking good. Um, the teams that are sp- usually up in the rankings aren't i mean boise state's third to last right now which is crazy to me um but i mean there are a lot of bright spots which is like utah state um which you touched on uh fresno san diego state i think is looking good i mean they beat xavier um they lost to two really good teams so i think we're gonna have some decent talent in the mountain west it is just disappointing to see that um you know, teams that should be doing good, like Boise State, Wyoming, we've seen be decent the past couple years. So it's just disappointing to see them kind of um, lose traction and kind of make the Mountain West a little weaker than it should be right now. Yeah, and I think that's all for men's basketball. Now let's jump into women's basketball. The team is struggling mightily. They had a very rough Lady Grizz Classic where they got went 0-2 with two very bad losses to UC Davis and to Northern Illinois. They lost to UC Davis by a score of 84-68, to and they lost to uh, Northern Illinois 98-69. to So not the greatest of starts, uh, but they do return home on Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, to face Stanislaus State, and this game is the 7th annual When I Grow Up game. Um, and this game is uh, free for everyone in attendance, and this is a game that ex- is expected to draw nearly 4,000 students from neighboring Washoe County school districts. So I do think that this is um, this is a big deal for, for the uh, for the Wolfpack. This is a team they probably can beat Stanislaus State. I don't know if they're 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 not the biggest name in athletics. They're not they're not the best of schools. They come into this game with a record of one and four. So maybe Nevada can pick up their second <clears throat> maybe ne- maybe Nevada can pick up their second uh, win of the season there. Yeah, I I agree. Hopefully, we need a, we need a win to get us back on track here, um, a win to kind of get momentum moving. But um, yeah, I think I think the I think we just need to keep winning. We just need to get that W. I mean, we're we only have one win on the season right now, um, so it's just something to get the the spirits high and momentum moving into the later stretch of the season. You know, after Stanislaus State, we play Texas Tech, which is going to be a hard game. Um, so we definitely need some momentum and some, um, some confidence moving into the might be a harder stretch of games. Um, but yeah, I think one win on the season is kind of disappointing. So I'm excited to see if they can step it up and, uh, get more wins going into conference play. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how Nevada, uh, the women's basketball does, especially heading into not, uh, into conference play. There's got, they only have four more games left. Um, before conference play, and all four of those at home. You have Stanislaus State on the 11th at 11 a.m. You have Texas Tech on the 15th at 1 p.m., Seattle University at on the 20th at 6.30, and then Hawaii the same day as the Nova Home Loans, Arizona Bowl at 2 p.m. on the 29th. So I do think you should come out and support the team. I do think um, 
this is only Amanda Levin's second year, so you have to trust the process. This is, I'm sure the season's not going the way she wants to, but I do think that in the end, um, we will be we will be in a better better state than uh, we were under old regime. Yeah, uh, I definitely think it's too early to tell um, how Amanda Levin's is gonna kind of do with this contract extension. I think it's I think it's this is her second season. Um, we just need to give it more time, see how they're gonna adjust. Um, second season always, has always been that weird sophomore season to where you don't know if the fre- the, that first year was kind of a bust or um, if it's really the truth. So I think with this season, um, it's kind of a rebound year, see how we're going to do. And uh, we just need to see more, give, more, give her more time with the team and uh, see how eventually the next couple years will go. And when we're, when we're able to see her program kind of step into full light and runways run the things uh her way yeah and especially conference play will be a big uh big determinant on that you you look at the scoring jade redmond is having a very good uh very good year as she's averaging 13 points a game Teray Briggs, 13 points a game and, th- and those are the two people that the wolfpack wolfpack women's basketball team are relying on they're the two two veterans who um who were there last year experienced the run and i think that you kind of need this veteran leadership especially Seeing that you got seven new recru- seven new players on this team, and I and I do think it's it's going to be difficult because this is only Amanda Levin's first recruiting class, so it'll be interesting to see how how she does in recruiting. Maybe maybe we get the tra- uh, transfer market like what men's basketball does, but it'll be very interesting to see. Oh yeah, um, I agree. Um, next year and and this year we're gonna we're gonna f- be able to see her. Um, her team kind of take shape and take form, which it, which will be nice to see. And ultimately, um, you know, they only have won one game in non-conference play right now, but it's really how they play in conference that will be able to show to the school and to the fans, um, you know, how this team is. And um, if we can show up in the conference, um, all preseason or, or uh, non-conference play will be able – will kind of fall to the wayside, I think, um, if we do really well in the uh, – the Mountain West tournament, um, you know, all can be forgiven. And I think I'm excited to see how they can do in um, conference play and then eventually in the tournament. Look, Nevada did – Nevada women's basketball did struggle last year uh, in non-conference play, conference play, and then they really turned it on when we got to the tournament, the Mountain West tournament. So I do think that Nevada um, can flip that switch. It's just it's just a matter of time of when. And so um, with that being said, we are wrapping up today's show – any final thoughts? Awesome. Um, yeah, everyone check out uh, all sporting events that you guys can check out. The ASU game this week is going to be crazy. Um, let's back our boys and uh, get this dub. Yep, uh, exactly what Austin said. That game is 9 p.m. Friday night, ESPN. Uh, make sure to tune in. and we'll, We will be live-tuning it, and we will see you guys next week.